Well, welcome to Lifelong Learning on ReachMD. We are broadcasting from the Alliance for Continuing Education in the Health Professions at their annual conference, and we're in Washington, D.C. I'm glad to have you with us, Mike Gafudo, and he is president of Integrity CE, focusing on education in healthcare. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. So let's talk a little bit about uh, what's new and changing in the way we are designing and measuring learning in this environment. One of the things we need to consider is the conversion of education into the online space. It's well documented that more and more clinicians are going online to gain new information, to get information that, that can help them change practice and improve the care they provide. So when we're looking at that, there's a few considerations that we need to keep in mind to optimize the learning they receive and also to make sure that we're able to document the effectiveness of that education. Neat. And these are tools that you're building on your platform or things you're finding and adding into your platform? That's correct, yeah. And at this point at Integrity, we've converted everything to a mobile optimized format, which has been very helpful in participation and engagement. I think that we need to keep in mind that the mobile internet is the internet now and people are accessing uh, on multiple devices and if they're not able to seamlessly transition from device to device, there's going to be an issue in getting them to engage with the programs you're offering. So clinicians obviously are very familiar with the sort of the pre-test and the post-test to see what knowledge gain there has been. Are you seeing now sort of interjecting Q&A in between that to assess learning along the way? Yeah, one of the rubs on online education is that people come seeking information, not seeking CME credits. And traditionally in, in the medical education space, when we're doing a program and we need to assess people, we give them the program and then we give them a, a post-test that is compared to a pre-test and an evaluation form. And uh, that's sort of our baseline uh, go-to outcomes measurement. And if people are, are not interested in the credit, they're, they're not going to complete the post-test and you don't have that data. So uh, we've started to build in components of the online program that assess the effectiveness of the activity that really kind of tell a story about why the clinician has come, what, what information they're interested in, and how they can use it to change their practice. That's interesting. So it's, a, it's much more of a technology play for them while they're immersed in it. Yes. Yeah. Are you also finding people more willing to come back, say, three months later and say, here's how I put that in practice? If you've developed a good platform, you, you get repeat users for sure. Getting people specific users back requires a, you know, a fair amount of follow-up. And it's, uh, at this point, I think, more of an art than a science. Getting back to people 12 weeks later, at least a, a large cohort of your learners. But to a small extent, yes, you can do that. Right. Is there a, a kind of a good marriage between taking a live event and converting that into the mobile experience or carrying it through mobile? At Integrity, we were a live program-focused organization for a long time. And our model was to do a live meeting and record it and sync the slides and put it online. And we said, why are nobody completing this activity? And I think that format doesn't fly anymore. You can probably, if you do it correctly, get a fair amount of participation in an activity like that, but you're not really, I think, affecting any change. So it's important to take a live activity and utilize the content that you've developed for it in a derivative format that is designed for the web. The recording to to direct post to a website, I think, is something that we'll look at in, in 10 years as a thing of the past. 
Yeah, where do you think we'll be? I was going to ask you that question. What do you think it'll look like in 10 years? I don't know. We could, uh, in 10 years, have a patient hologram standing in front of us, and, and we get to treat it, and uh, the, I like that. the medical education <laughs> company gets to watch it. But, uh, you know, I think certainly some of the advances we are starting to make in learning and in QI will, will come to the forefront and be a big part of what we do as an industry here. Hopefully, we'll see medical education grow its role in healthcare and become sort of a more prominent, well-known component of the, the healthcare continuum. Yeah. Do you do much work in the patient area? Have you been able to pull in some of that learning? We do. We do. We try to involve patients in the development of activities, uh, certainly you know, sort of like a, a micro-focus group for an activity uh, to, to understand what issues they're dealing with when they have a particular disease. Pushing education out to the patient is another thing that I think is becoming a, a much more important component and, uh, again, is at this point more of an art than a science. So we've developed patient education materials we've, in a variety of formats, and, and we're still learning how to best engage the patient after an activity is completed. It sounds like a story you'll have to come back and give us more uh, on. I think so. Well, we welcome you back anytime. You know, ReachMD likes to say to be part of the knowledge. Thank you for sharing your knowledge with us. This is Mike Bafuto, president of Integrity CE. We're glad you could join us. Thank you very much. And this is Lifelong Learning on ReachMD. We're broadcasting from the Alliance for Continuing Education in the Health Professions at their annual meeting in Washington, D.C. Thanks again. Thank you. Thank you.